hey guys welcome back so you're listening to the fourth episode of mocha sips which is an initiative by interview mocha so today i'm in conversation with laura laura is someone who started her career as an english teacher and a part-time translator but uh, you know when there was an opportunity for her to move on to a new role in the hr domain she grabbed it with both hands and now currently she manages the entire hr function at on the go systems and so after talking to laura for just 5 minutes i realized the passion that she has for her job you know the enthusiasm that she brings to the table and the care with which she really handles all her work so in this episode she talks about the challenges that she faced while switching her career how to keep employees happy how technology has changed the face of the recruitment industry and so on yeah make sure that you listen to the whole thing because this is super super valuable all right so without further ado let's jump into it so i have seen your linkedin profile and it's it's been a really really fascinating journey i believe for you uh I wanted to first ask you what do you exactly do at on the go systems. Mhm. Okay. Uh I'm the HR person. Mm-hmm. I have two main uh responsibilities, I would say. I'm the person in charge of recruiting. Uh I'm also the person in charge of um employee satisfaction. I keep uh, talking to people, um making sure they are fine working here i'm the person they reach if they have questions about scholarships about benefits and well my recruiting role involves um everything the whole process from pre-screening candidates reviewing cvs uh running the first interview with them then i coordinate the technical interviews which are um carried out by some of our developers usually and then i'm the one offering uh, making a final offer and creating their contract so i see the process from beginning to end and it's really rewarding to see when someone you hired and then you you can hear from the team leader that the person is doing great and adding lots of value to the team and you can remember when you first interviewed that person that that's a really rewarding thing i i would say that's that's a lot of work Yeah it's a lot of work uh, it's nice work to meet people from all over the world so i'm guessing to them mm-hmm. i'm guessing that is something that really drives you uh, you know just just connecting with people and then helping them you know get a role which which is in line with their strengths and also with something which benefits the organization so you are the connector and i think that is something which really really drives you Yeah it's very motivating um it's very nice and then you feel proud of of your work when you see that you hired someone that it's adding lots of value to to the team they were hired for mm-hmm. and talking to people from different cultures different backgrounds um we interview people from all continents mm-hmm. uh, lately it's more probably from european and asian countries uh, mm-hmm. but we've also we also have a support team from the americas so we have people in the us um in south america and different countries from america as well as all over the world we are uh, 96 98 people right now mm-hmm. from 40 different countries nice and i i also noticed that uh, 
you know you didn't start off your career as an hr you were actually mm-hmm. a teacher and a translator so how okay let me start with why did you make this shift mm-hmm. okay good question I started working at on-the-go systems first as a translator because we have a translation service called I Can Localize. So I started there just uh, translating apps, websites, until one day I saw the platform needed people for support. I really enjoyed working for the platform, so I, I just applied. I had a meeting with the founder and he told me if I could start. And I said, yes, part-time wow. at first because I was still teaching. And well, I started giving support to customers and to translators. And after a few years, this role became full-time. And then around 2014, when we were about 45 people, the person that was by then in charge of human resources, uh, left the company and the founder asked me if I wanted to take up the challenge. And well, I did. So I had a lot to learn because I was in my area. I worked with just two or three people and suddenly I had to learn all about 45 people, talk to them, well, interviewing people and and the hiring process. I created a new process, let's say from scratch. Um, Mm -hmm. And well, we grew since I joined from 45 to 98 people right now. Uh, It's been a very interesting journey. I learned a lot on the way. Every day, I, I love what I do, so I don't regret by any means having switched from being a teacher and translator into HR manager. Do you, do you miss, miss that phase? Or do you miss being a teacher? To be honest, what I really enjoyed about being a teacher was the language. I love English language, and I still use it every day. So actually, uh, I don't miss it much. Mm. And when I trained people, sometimes uh, when I left, I can localize, I trained the people taking my role somehow. So that's also teaching. Uh, Training someone is very related to teaching. And Mm. I love the language and I use it every day to talk with people from different parts of the world. And that's what I really like. Is there, you know, so teaching is something which is very close to my heart because, uh, you know, I am also a teacher and I teach digital marketing whenever I get the chance. Uh, So my question is, is there any specific attribute or attributes that you developed while being a teacher that actually help you when you are, when you are handling the HR function? Can you think of anything? Good question. Um, I would say in general soft skills because uh, dealing with students and also with uh, people are uh, require some soft skills. You need to listen to people. You mm. need to understand different situations. Be um, uh, use empathy. Mm. Uh, I, I taught children and, and teenagers when I and also adults. I gave English classes actually, and I, I would say that soft skills um, listen to people. Mm. Uh, when you interview, it's a lot about listening. Yeah, uh, you ask some questions, but you mainly need to pay attention to what the candidates are saying, right? 
well when you teach you speak a lot but you, you you need to also be open to to listen to students what their needs are what they would like to learn yeah i, I totally agree that empathy is a, is a big part of of teaching so okay. well said so you know this this transition of course uh, uh, must have had its own challenges you know transitioning from a teacher to uh, you know an hr so what were those challenges and how did you deal with them okay first of all as i say um before i had to learn about everyone in the company what their roles were uh, mm. what everyone was doing and then keep finding ways to make sure that company members are happy working here uh, that's a big challenge to make sure everyone is happy um, see what their challenges are if they feel enough challenged and make sure to keep the the constant communication with them it's mm. not just about sending a survey once a year and that's it it's about being <laughs> more in touch with them to mm. understand what's going on and maybe address issues that um, may prevent i don't know mm. future trouble mm. and another big challenge i had because also in my role i was the one in charge of creating our organizing our company events we met once a year mm. and when i joined in 2014 uh, the the event spot was already chosen it we were i knew we were going to meet in tenerife and we had the hotel and everything, but then the, this person that was in charge of this left the company and I had to organize everything from scratch. Mm. That was a big challenge. It's not directly related to the HR role, but it, it was also my responsibility to make sure that um, this event was successful and rewarding. We, from organizing flights, hotel bookings, to thinking about team building activities to do there once we met. Mm. And well, then I, I was in charge of organizing our yearly events every year. So it was also a big challenge for me because I had no experience in event organization. It's closely related, especially the um, team building part with uh, human resources, because you need to make sure that people working remotely from home make the most of their time together once they meet once a year mm. to work together, because you work from distant places yeah. and you meet a week to work together, so you need to make the most of it. Yeah. How, how difficult is it to interact with people who are working remotely as opposed to, you know, interacting with them in an office? Mm -hmm. I would say the key is communication. Mm. Uh, you need to always think in the other person when you want to have a meeting with someone. I think, okay, where is this person located to try to pick a time that is convenient for both? So we, we have different channels as well. We have Mattermost. So every team has a Mattermost channel. Mm. <clears throat> so the teams are always connected, even though we work remotely, it looks like, uh, it feels like you're working very close. Mm. 
there are daily meetings and weekly meetings and we always try to think in that just to pick times that people can attend within their work hours which sometimes is a challenge but in the case of developer teams it's yeah. easier because most of them are in Europe except um, Bruce from Australia and two developers from Brazil mm. but the rest of the developers are in in Europe or Asian mm. countries mm. You, you do seem like someone who loves to interact with people and I think uh, that passion has played a big role in helping you transition to this completely new and alien role altogether. Yes, actually that's right. Uh, it's great to meet people, to talk to people, to see how they feel, um, learn about different cultures as well. Um, mm. I mean that this role allowed me to meet people from all sorts of backgrounds and apart from the skills, right? The, the skills, I mean, the, the cultural side is very interesting. Mm. When we also meet in person in our company events, that's a very rewarding experience um, to interact with the people you work with throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And you learn a lot about cultures, about something. I I have a little anecdote, if you want, I can tell you. Please, please. Uh, uh, some time ago, I, I, I had feedback calls with, with one person in the company. Uh, she's from Poland. Mm. And I always asked when we started the call, hi, Agnes, how are you? And I saw she, she laughed and she said, I'm okay. And she didn't know what to answer. So once we met in person in one of our company events and she told me, well, I must say, I feel surprised when you ask me, how am I? Because it's not that it's not uh, something they used to do in Poland. It's uh, weird that <laughs> you ask. <laughs> and here it's the normal thing, right? You meet mm -hmm. someone, hi, how are you? How are you doing? And it was really weird for her. So you can see how different cultures interact in a different way. That's why you need to be very careful also sometimes on how to yeah. you address or talk about different issues because a little change in the way you say things can make a difference. So it's... Yeah. interesting to know about different cultures mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. any anything any other uh, i know we have covered this at length and i don't want to jump to other topics but uh, before we end this topic any other advice for anyone who's making to the look who's, who's looking to make this shift into into the hr domain let's say someone has not been working there and wants to jump into this field what advice would you would you have for him or her i would say do your very best and put your heart in it. I know it's, it can be too general advice, but also I would say that um, you should not be afraid and not, especially not be afraid to say that you don't know something. Go mm. and ask for advice. You can learn what you don't know you can learn and just do it with your heart. I mean, what you don't know you can always learn. Uh, I was very lucky that uh, well, the, the founder is, has been always there for me whenever I had um, 
questions or I was not sure about something, I, I could ask for advice. So we worked closely together, especially at first. Mm. When I transitioned into this role, I didn't feel alone. Well, even now, I, I ask for advice all the time. If I'm not sure what would work best, there is always people around that you can uh, work with. Mm. And you also have lots of resources nowadays uh, and lots of platforms that help you make your your work easier. Mm. But it's about people. So uh, even though uh, we have technology to help us, there is a lot of personal um, touch in this role. Yeah, that, that's a good answer. And I, and I can't, uh, you know, help uh, but uh, feel that... Uh, you know, like you said, you have to got to bring your heart to it. That is, that was the first thing that stood out for me. And the second thing was that many times we hesitate to ask, you know, we, if we let our ego overpower us, uh, you know, then, uh, if, if we don't behave like students, then there is a problem you know, because mm-hmm. if we, if we pretend to know it all, then it's really, really difficult to grow. And especially into a new role like this. Mm-hmm. So, Thank you for sharing this. Okay, uh, sure. I, I'd like to add one more thing because yes. sometimes you have something in mind and you think it's the best solution or what could work and maybe you talk about it with someone else and then you see it from a different perspective or see that there is another option that could work better. So uh, I think it's good to, to get feedback also. Uh, be open to get feedback and be open to change a process or anything we we have improved a lot our hiring process for support role for example from the day i started until now there were lots of changes Mm. and i can say that now we are very happy with our current process but of course as the time goes on and things change we may keep on switching things here and there yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, I do want to get into the, the assessment part of things, but I just have one question before that out of my curiosity. How do you measure the happiness quotient of the employees? What are a few okay. things that you do to measure that? Uh, apart from the talks I have with people, which are very personal one-on-one mm. calls mm. where I take notes of everything. Um, we also send uh, bi-monthly I send a survey, uh, which we call um, on the Go Systems Happy Survey, with three key questions. Um, I don't have them exactly now in my mind, but it's something like what you enjoy the most and the least in the past two months. Mm. So this allows us to spot what people are happy with and what people were not so happy with. Mm. Some issues we we can address because Mm. this service allows us to identify if there is any tendency or that people are recurrently saying something that didn't work fine. Mm -hmm. We have even uh, improved many things in the the flows because Mm. people mentioning stuff that they were not happy with or because something was not working as expected. Uh, So I would say this survey is one of the ways we have to measure. Mm. But again, the surveys are not compulsory. So uh, we may skip some 
uh, answers there. So I still keep the regular calls with people where mm. I always ask what are their challenges, if they feel enough challenge, what are the coming goals, personal and professional, mm, if they are happy with the work conditions. Mm. So I would say these are two important ways to measure people's happiness. Mm. Uh, having one-on-one -on -one calls with them mm. and these surveys as well. Mm. Okay, so let's, you know, let's, let's jump into the hiring bit of it uh, now. So, you know, if you, if you don't mind sharing, uh, what does the hiring process look like for you? Mm -hmm. Okay, we, I get uh, in my inbox uh, candidates applications, mm -hmm. depending, uh, well, let, let me get a bit backwards. Mm -hmm. First, I find out about a role opening. Okay. So I work with the team leader to make sure that the job ad is um, shows exactly what we are looking for, the mm. requirements, the benefits. We have it posted and then I start getting applications. I usually do the pre-screening mm. of candidates, uh, review well backgrounds, CVs, uh, usually, um, especially in the case of developer roles, I usually share the information with some of our senior developers and team leader. Mm. And once we decide that a candidate could be a good fit, I start interacting. And I, I'm the one having the first interview. Okay. Uh, there, I, I don't check so much for technical skills because that's the second stage, but I talk to people to see if they would be a nice fit for the company culture. Mm. And the other way around, because we need to make sure also that the, what the candidate is looking for is what we can offer them. Mm. So after this first interview, if everything goes fine, we also have some personality and aptitude tests that mm. we use with candidates. And then we decide who are the ones that will have the technical interviews. Mm. And finally, we meet with the team leader and the people involved in the interview process um, to see, well, which of the candidates are the best fit. We are um, always open to hire outstanding people. So that's our main goal. Uh, we think if that's a person that is uh, really smart and nice to work with, that's very important because even if someone is very skilled, but then it, doesn't look like he will be a good team player or doesn't have a nice positive attitude or is not humble enough, mm -hmm. uh, even though he may be the smartest person in the world, we probably won't hire because it's a combination. It's skills, but it's also someone because we work with people, right? Not with machines. So it's very important. They, they are nice to work with on a daily basis. That's, that's really good. You know, which is which is actually a segue into one more question that I have. So what are a few red flags, you know, that you look out for while assessing a candidate? When you see them, it's a strict no-no for you. What are those? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, in general, when someone applies, we expect this person knows something about the company, at least that they read or they know what we do. 
Yeah. It happened once that a candidate, I had like a half an hour call and by the end he asked, uh, excuse me, what uh, company I was applying for? So <laughs> it was really weird. Um, I understand maybe they, they, I don't know, apply for different places, but I think it's polite <laughs> to know, right? Um, I also had different situations in which the candidate had run uh, like an extensive research about what we do. They read our blog post and said, I know you met in, you have company events and I love your culture. So uh, I'm not saying that all candidates need to know everything about the company, but at least to know what they are applying for. Yeah. <laughs> um about what other alerts um, mm. I'm sure there are lots but you caught me by surprise with this one <laughs> no problem you have already mentioned a couple of them already which is uh, you know being a team player uh, not not being too negative about things so those are also uh, yeah. yeah also um, to see that the candidates feel really passionate about the role they are, they are applying for. Let's say, for example, we are hiring for support, mm. but you see it's a developer that maybe he wants to be a developer and is just taking this role as a transition, like a stepping stone into something else. Mm. Uh, so I, in that case, I would also rather skip because you need to see that people feel passion for helping people in order to work in support. It's not just that you have the technical skills, but actually you want to do something else, but you want to pay your bills. So, okay, I will take a support role. Yeah. You need to see that, yeah, the person is passionate about what they do. So if you see lack of motivation, like they don't have the, the drive to do the role you're hiring for, I would say it's an alert because eventually it won't work out. Mm. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, okay, so, you know, I'll just, uh, I want to be respectful of your time. So just the last couple of questions for you. Okay, so I believe you have been working in the HR function for more than five years now. Okay, actually, it's it's been eight years, is it? Actually, in ITAR itself, it's been about, yes, yeah, six, because okay. before I was doing other roles. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, six years is a long time. And what do you think has changed over, over in the recruitment field? What, what do you think has changed over these years? What has gone better? What has gone worse? You mean in general or in, in general. our company? In general. Mm -hmm. I think there is much more technology around, um, lots of software options that you can count on, more um, candidate tracking systems and services that offer aptitude tests of all sorts. Mm. Uh, there is more, um, yeah, more, much more of, of that. Probably, I'm not sure if it's hard to say, but probably there is more focus on the human parts. It's like uh, the process, uh, processes are, I feel, are sometimes too much automated mm. that uh, you lose that human touch, I, I said before. But I don't want to generalize. I'm not saying this applies to everything or every company or everyone. I'm just saying that the general feeling is that years ago, maybe it was more personal. Mm. So, I, you know, 
interestingly i the interview that you read uh, with kathy who is a senior recruiter from nice activize she said the exact same thing that uh, you know yes technology is good technology adds a lot of value saves time but it is over dependence on technology is is not something which is recommended and so you know yeah because technology is a tool uh, it can help you with some aspects of the hiring but it's not the uh, deciding factor it's like you need to talk to the people uh, mm. you need to interview them even though there are lots of available tests online that you can give candidates to filter them but i think you have to take the time to give them a task or um, some tests that apply to your own company i mean customize things not just use things that are available uh, but make yeah. it more personal yeah. to get the right fit and then don't uh, th that you found that all the the time you spent to recruit someone was really worth it because it's a long process from day one that they apply until they they sign the contract and finish the training and actually start to add value because the the training time is so, also takes time the the transition I mean until they start to add real value. Correct. Uh, yeah, it, it takes time so. You need to make sure it's worth it. Yes. All right. So, you know, lastly, we have this, uh, you know, a few questions. Uh, I like to call it the rapid fire round, but it's not actually okay. very rapid. <laughs> you can answer them slowly if you wish to. <laughs> okay. Just, just a few questions. All right. So sure. where did you grow up? You mean uh, what city or yeah. what uh, Which country? city, which country? Both. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I grew up in Buenos Aires. Uh, it's a province in Argentina. Okay. I grew up in a little town or town called Berazate. Uh, okay. All right. What is your favorite childhood memory? My favorite childhood memory. I like to maybe imitate some actresses or people from... I used to dress up and my mother and sister <laughs> looked at me. They were my audience and, <laughs> I, and I enjoyed that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Maradona or Messi? Uh, could you say that again? Okay. So let me ask you this first. Uh, do you, do you like football? Not much. Not much. Okay. But you still have to answer this next one, which is uh, Lionel Messi or Maradona. Who's the better of Me the two? As a, oh, that's a difficult one. As a footballer, Maradona. But as a person, Messi. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Uh, dogs or cats? Cats. I love cats. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think we have already covered this, but if you wish, you can answer this again. Uh, funniest uh, incident while conducting an interview or funniest thing that the candidate said? Well, one is the one I just said. Yeah, uh, yeah the candidate asking at the end, uh, excuse me, what company I'm applying for? <laughs> and 
well, and then I remember, but I'm not sure if it's a good one to, to add, but I interviewed someone uh, and that someone had cats all around the place and I love cats. So it was hard to focus because I was like looking at the cats around. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, tea or coffee? Um, mate. That's the traditional Argentinian drink. Well, coffee. I prefer coffee. Between tea and coffee, coffee. Yeah. Okay. I'm curious though. What is what is mate? Mate is a beverage uh, we take instead of tea or coffee. It's like a container with a straw, uh-huh. and uh, you put in it some sherba. It's um, I don't know how to call it, but uh, it's similar to the tea. Mm. to the tea um, substance but it has a different flavor and you put water in it warm mm. water and mm. it's shared among a group of people or you can drink it alone mm. I, I will look for a link for you about this tradition in Argentina I would like to know everyone drinks mate when you mm. meet with friends family you always say let's have some mates mm. All right. Your three heroes, it, they could be personal or professional. Three people that you admire. Uh, I would say, yes, Madre Teresa, mm. Anna Frank, mm. Gandhi. Mm. All right. Favorite book? Well, I have two books that I read several times that I like them. Um, mm-hmm. Fahrenheit 451 and Frankenstein. You can pick either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the last one is favorite movie. Back to the future. Ah, All right. Okay. So thank you so much, Laura, for doing this. Uh, thank you for the link. I'll, I'll check it out. And uh, I had a lot of fun doing this. So, and I don't say it lightly. I truly, truly mean it. And so, you know, thank you so much for your time and for doing this. Thanks. I will be processing this, uh, you know, maybe in the coming week. And like I said, before anything goes live, I'll send it to you first. And uh, depending you know, on, on your approval, it will go live. Awesome. Thanks for your time as well and interest in interviewing me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so you. much. You're very kind. I hope to stay in touch with you. We'll talk soon, hopefully. Yes, hope so. Um, by the way, I will be away next week. So if you send something to me, and don't hear back. It's because I have a week vacation, okay. but I will get back as soon as okay. I'm working normally until Friday, but then I, I have a week break. Okay. Okay. No issues. Okay. No issues. All right. All right. Thanks and have a nice afternoon there. You too. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, so you were listening to the fourth episode of Mocha Sips, which is an initiative by Interview Mocha. Thank you so much for listening. You know, if you if you think this was valuable, if you liked the whole episode, please give us a good rating on iTunes. And yes, you know, if you have any feedback, any harsh feedback, please feel free to you know get back to me. You can reach out to me at pranav at interviewmocha.com. And so I will be back again very, very soon with another exciting episode with an industry expert. Until then, take care.